welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where you're too young and we're too well hung. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Stuff those cucumbers in your pants and smell that glove. We're walking that fine line between stupid and clever. We're talking Spinal Tap. So, right off the top, Ben, coming out of that intro, what do you think the glove is that people are supposed to be smelling? And what do you think it smells like? Uh, I mean, I always imagined it just like like a like one of those like leather driving gloves. Interesting. It's kind of what I always imagined. Uh, what would it smell like? I don't know. Uh, sweaty hands and leather. <laughs> See, I always pictured it as like one of those rubber dish gloves. Oh, weird. That doesn't seem nearly as metal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what is sitting in? Like I, I pictured like a, uh, like a watertight glove. So it could be just dripping with something gross. Ranch dressing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The metal, most metal of all dressings. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've always imagined it at least a leather. I think do, do they say leather glove or do they just say glove in the movie? I think they said that that maybe that the woman was wearing leather. No, no, she was naked, oiled oh, yeah. up, and with a dog collar on. Yeah, with a leash. Yeah, with a leash and a man's hand shoving a glove in her face. Yeah, and it's called smell the glove. And they did not find that sexist. Apparently, what's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> Um, so here we are. We're talking Spinal Tap, as you said. This uh, movie, I guess. I mean, we're going to talk about Spinal Tap in general, but I, I imagine it'll be a large concentration on the movie. This is Spinal Tap. Is this near and dear to your heart, Sean? No, nothing is that we <laughs> that we talk about. Now, this movie is fantastic. I love it so much. Um, it's a good thing that there is so much stuff in the world that we love that we get to talk about. It's not one of those things like um like a, a video game podcast where, you know, it's it's there's a show where their whole aim is to talk about every Nintendo game. And it's like, wow, you're going to have to talk about some fucking shit. Talking about something and panning it, it can be a lot of fun too. Yeah. I think we did at one point say that we should do an episode about something we hate. Yeah, we should. I think we definitely should. And then we can just bash on it the whole time and sound like assholes. Yeah. Grumpy old men. Well, we kind of did that with the amusement parks. Episode. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like we love amusement parks, man. We were, we had a, a lot of complaints. Yeah. There's a lot to bitch about. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't give a shit about that stuff when we were kids, but this is not that episode because this is Spinal Tap is fucking fantastic. If you have not seen this movie, Please turn this episode off after you've uh, uh, assumedly downloaded it and, and given us our uh, our stats. Go watch that movie and then come back because, you know, we're going to talk about some jokes that and it's not going to be nearly as funny when we talk about. No, them. no, we we are not Christopher Guest level funny. Yeah, this movie is so fucking hilarious. So, I mean, for those uninitiated, I guess, if you've seen any of the Christopher Guest movies that came out after, like uh, Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show and uh, A Mighty, Mighty Wind. Wind. Yeah, yeah, the, the, it's it's the documentary style. I mean, I want to say that this movie kind of pioneered that. I think it definitely like brought it to the forefront. And uh, I think like theatric release, maybe it might have been the first. I mean, there was stuff like, you know, Monty Python did the Ruddles where they kind of were where it was it was up for tv though yeah but it was like a short kind of this is a real band and here's their things documentary style but it was not uh it wasn't a whole movie and uh you know it was, it was more of a skit than anything though it was a long one yeah and there had been like there had been documentaries on real bands you know like led zeppelin and the stones and the band but this was full-on mockumentary rockumentary so this follows the uh, the one of Brit Britain's uh, loudest rock bands, Spinal Tap, on their way to uh, tour the U.S. for the first time in six years for the release of their album Smell the Glove. And um, I love how it opens just like this is a huge fucking band. Everyone's excited. Like it, you get pumped for this. Like with with uh, Rob Reiner, the director, 
his uh his character marty debergi you know setting everything up and you know you're you're fucking stoked and just slowly throughout the movie you see the cracks and things fall apart uh fairly steadily yeah yeah you're kind of watching the decline of this once great band you know into playing puppet shows and shit yeah yeah zoos yeah (laughs) (laughs) the folks at the very beginning when they're talking about like yeah you know this about metal and this about concerts and like you know they're talking about a band like they love it like i was wondering like did they like just go out in front of like a metal show somewhere and be like hey what do you think about the band and then just like use that footage oh that would be interesting because it seemed fairly genuine and, uh, and like I watched the, uh, like the promo one that they made before all this that we'll get into later. And it had the exact same footage in it. So like, they just used that same footage again. So, was, you know, kind of curious, like what band were those guys actually seeing and talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause this movie, there was no script whatsoever. Like that, that's, that's part of the, the brilliance of these performers. So you've got. Um, you've got Michael McKeon, you've got Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer. They are the three main players in this movie. Um, you have Rob Reiner who directed it and starred in it as well. And basically they, they workshopped these characters to death and they are master improvisers. So they had like an outline, they had like a, a starting and stopping point and like details that they needed to hit, but they realized early on that there was, there was no way to script this. So they just, you know, you roll camera, they improvise the shit out of it. They get where they need to go and get out. So all of this is just brilliance from their brains and, you know, channeled into their performance. From what I was reading, basically they had like an outline of the movie. Like, here's the beats we're going to hit. Here's all of our, you know, had they had character backstories and stuff nailed before they went into it. Like they knew the characters and they kind of knew what was going on, you know, the kind of their, like the progression of the band and all that. And they had um, character arcs that they knew they were going to go through. Yeah. But as far as like, yeah, all the dialogue and the little jokes and things that are in it uh, were all improvised, which is freaking great. Yeah. They'd run through it a few times. So it wasn't like it was brand new every time, but like they just throw shit out and it would stick. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they come up with with stuff like, like you can't dust for vomit. Yeah, And, and like you can see in their in their conversational tone that they're they're just playing off each other you know like like there there wasn't one person who had this line cooked up and you know it, it just sort of meandered its way into brilliance like that yeah because in the in the demo one like that bit was a bit different and all of these lines like watching it for the first time like all of these things just hit you so fucking hard because the, the, you don't see any of this coming at all like they they were so intuitive in the beginning with not scripting this because you couldn't have scripted that like that it it wouldn't have happened it wouldn't have played the same well and the movie felt really authentic because uh part of it you know it felt like a documentary because they hired an actual documentary film crew to film it i don't know if that was more because they wanted an authentic field or just because they didn't have a lot of money to work with the spinal tap like first appeared on a show called the tv show yeah in 79 um, as just kind of like a, you know, mocking the over the top antics of hair metal bands. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, it was a, it was a pilot, right? Like I, I don't, did the show actually get picked up? Oh, I have no idea. I saw an interview with Rob Reiner where he was talking about how after they had done that, uh, done that skit. Well, and, and that, uh, I guess there were some troubles on the set and, uh, the guys just stayed in character between, uh, between takes or between setups and they, and they were just fucking cracking everybody up. So they wanted to do more with it. And like at the time, Rob Reiner and Harry Shearer were talking about doing a movie about roadies. And then ah. apparently a movie called roadie came out. So, <laughs> so they, they sort of mashed the two ideas in together and, um, and decided to, to make it, you know, yeah. Documentary style about a, about a band on tour. Yeah. And Rob Reiner like shopped it around and they were like, okay, where's the script? And he was like, well, we weren't going to do a script. And everyone just kind of looked at him and were like, uh-huh. Okay. No, thank you. And he had never directed anything at the time. So he had no clout. No, he was just fresh off of being meathead. Yeah. That was like the only thing he was known for. And, uh, you know, TV was not a respected, uh, like movie folks did not respect TV folks back then. Yeah. TV didn't hold any clout. It was kind of like, you know, you're slumming it. If you're doing TV shows, there was movie stars and there was TV stars and movie stars were clearly better. Yeah. 
And that uh, that line is completely disappeared these days it's kind of weird oh yeah i mean a-list talent is all over tv like that's the new frontier because the film industry is i mean it's all it's fucking marvel movies now if if you want to if you want to be in the theaters yeah like a lot of the really good storytelling is going on on tv instead and uh that just wasn't the case then um not that uh, all in the family wasn't a uh, great show wasn't you know telling any really deep stories <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest i've never seen a single episode are you of that. fucking kidding me nope uh you should go watch it i absolutely love that show oh it's yeah fucking great yeah i just i know i know the intro theme and like i've i've seen little bits of uh of archie bunker and fucking meathead and sally struthers oh yeah no but... you should go watch all in the family it's great uh you like I it i like it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so he was shopping it around and nobody was interested. And so they decided, you know, like the only way they could do it was they'd put together like a little 20 minute demo of it, essentially, where they'd go through and shoot some scenes kind of all with their own money and uh, kind of shop that around, kind of take that around and be like, here, this is what we're trying to do. See, it's funny. It's good. Huh? Give us money. And um, most people still said no. Yeah. Have you seen that demo? I haven't. Uh, is it on YouTube? It is on YouTube. It's called... Um, Spinal Tap, the final tour. Oh. It's 20 minutes long. I want to see that real bad because, yeah, I did read about that, but I, I have never seen it. It's pretty cool because it runs through some of the same scenes, but like they're slightly different and uh, like their their look is a little different. Like um, David St. Hubbins hair is all straight because like they all have different wigs. And so they all look kind of like wrong because the, you know, they didn't have any money. They were kind of working with whatever they had. Um, like the scene where... Derek Smalls is going through and they pulls the, you know, the foil wrapped cucumber yeah. out of his pants at the, at the airport. It was a bag full of like nuts, you know, like bolts and nuts, nuts <laughs> in, instead, which made more sense to me. Like I saw, I was like, oh, that, that would totally trip a metal detector because I always wondered like, why would you wrap the cucumber in tin foil? Yeah. Angelina and I watched this, um, let's see, last week in preparation for this and she had the same question and for me i was like i don't know would it would it just be to keep it from keep it fresh yeah yeah like keep it from like ripening and squeezing and juicing all inside your pants well I, apparently there was a uh there's a deleted scene as there are many in this where someone was like describing to him why he had to cover it in tinfoil and it got cut oh no shit yeah yeah like i i remember i remember a deleted scene where they were like wrapping it and shit or, you know, like where, where they were, maybe they were looking at different size cucumbers and shit or different stuff to stuff in his pants. Yeah. And there was a, like, a, there was a reason given why he had to wrap it in tinfoil, but it didn't make it into the movie. So, oh, see, I'm, I'm even more bummed now that, that I didn't get around to watching all those deleted scenes. Cause I mean, I think we mentioned it in another episode, but, but there, there's like an hour and a half of deleted scenes and, it, and they're fucking brilliant. Well, and there's and there's a, technically a lot more than that out there somewhere, but I'll get to that in a minute. But eventually, someone did pick the movie up, and they gave them uh, not a lot of money. Uh, I didn't do enough research to know how much money that is, but uh, they did not have a huge budget for this movie at all. They shot a total of uh, six hours of on-stage footage and four hours of like the you know them doing the off-stage stuff. So technically, for the demo, no, for the actual movie. Like when, once they got the money and shot the actual movie, they, they shut, you know, there's basically 10 hours of raw footage out there. And it's supposedly like, you can find it on VHS here and there where it's like the, they did like a, a, a four and a half hour, like first draft cut of it mm -hmm. where they said, okay, here's all, you know, cut all the crap out here. You know, here's all the good stuff. And it's four and a half hours long. Clearly this isn't Dr. Zhivago. We can't make a four and a half hour movie. So they had to cut it down to, you know, an hour and a half. So there is just loads of pretty brilliant stuff and probably a lot of less brilliant stuff left on the cutting room floor. See, that's weird because when I, when I was looking into some, some facts and research, I came up with totally different numbers. Like, like there's, there, there are people out there claiming that, that there was over a hundred hours of footage shot and like it, it reportedly Rob Reiner was saying it took him nine months to edit it and he had to bring in like three editors and the, the first cut was seven hours long. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, six and a half hours is what I heard, but that's that's about right. I, hundreds of hours is a lot of hours. Yeah, well, apparently they were filming for like a month, like 25 to 30 days. Yeah, that doesn't seem terribly unusual. So <laughs> hundreds of hours, though, I guess I guess if you did 10 hours a day for 30 days, you'd have 300 hours. Yeah. 
It'd be a lot of film. It'd be expensive. Yeah, there's 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 some discrepancies out there. The fucking internet needs to get its shit together. Yeah, well, I watched a like I watched a YouTube video of a guy that had a copy of like I can't remember what he called it like the you know first draft or some shit. Yeah, I saw a bunch of clips that that you know said they were from the four hour something or other. Basically, his his final thing on it was uh, eh, it was oh the work print that's what they called it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, was that, uh, was that it was really cool and it was fun to see all that stuff, but it was probably good that they cut it down to an hour and a half, like, because, uh, there was uh, just a lot of, a lot more of stuff that there didn't necessarily need to be more of. Mm -hmm. And they were able to kind of cut the diamond down to all the really good shiny bits and, uh, end up with something that is just, you know, it runs all the way through. There's not really any dead spots and it's just joke after joke after joke after joke. Yeah. And, and I guess that that's something that, uh, it's so much fun to go and watch the deleted scenes because you see where it would fit in the movie. So it's almost like you're watching another movie, you know, that, that, that ran behind the scenes. But yeah, if you, you think about like, oh, if, if they put this scene in where it, where it would go in the movie, that scene would probably just run too long and it would, it would mess up the flow. All the people that edited it apparently did a great job. <laughs> One of the things that he was talking about was like the, the, you know, the scene where, um, the manager's bashing up shit with the cricket bat when he's talking about like why he carries it. Yeah. Like that, that actually occurred like in the movie, that was part that was after the, the cups and cakes scene Yeah, where, you know, he comes in, he's like, what's up guys, what's going on? Like, yeah, trash the hotel room. And so he started trashing the hotel room to try and cheer him up. And then they talk about maybe going to Graceland or something. And then they go and they go visit Elvis's grave. And, uh, so like there was like 10 minutes of footage in between them seeming disappointed about the, where are they now file and standing at Elvis's grave. Yeah. One thing that I have loved so much about this movie, like, you know, we've, we've talked about the, the brilliance of their, their acting and their, um, their improvisational skills to be able to do all this without a script. But another thing is their fucking music skills. Like these guys actually wrote and performed all yeah. of their own music. Every bit of it. And it's, and it's, it's fucking good. Yeah. It's not bad or cheesy or like, it's legitimately. I mean, it's a little cheesy. Well, but it's cheesy on purpose. It's not yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Like they took, it seemed appropriate for the characters. Yes. You know, like it seemed it was, it was, you know, they were taking the piss out of, you know, the glam rock essentially at the beginning of glam rock. Yeah. And that that's something that's so cool is that, we we can watch that movie now. Like it's it's almost a spoof on what came after that. Like yeah. it's it's so it's so weirdly meta because if you think about you know 1982 and you know the the scene wasn't what it became yet. Like it it wasn't there yet. We were still coming out of like classic rock and shit. Yeah, they were kind of mocking Led Zeppelin and Ozzy and and those guys to a degree because yeah, like Rat and Poison and White Snake. Like those guys all peaked in like 86 to 88. Yeah. So all, all the, like the sparkles and the tight pants and the makeup and shit, like it's almost like they were influenced by spinal tap, but then spinal tap was still a commentary on them. But I mean, these songs are fucking great. Like I remember our buddy Zach had no interest in spinal tap at all. He hadn't seen the movie or anything, but I figured out the, uh, the main guitar licks for, uh, tonight I'm going to rock you tonight, which is still my favorite spinal tap song. Yeah. That's a solid song. And I just, I just fucking like, I played the song for him and then I showed him that I knew how to play it so I could teach him really easily. And he just fell in love with it. Like all of a sudden that became like the song that when we get together, that's the first song we jam. He's getting married in, in September and we are 100% going to play that at his wedding. And we should open the wedding with that. We probably will. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if we opened it with any, anything else. It'll be fun. Yeah, I, w I wish I could have actually seen them in tour because, like, they they not only did they like make a movie, produce an actual album, uh, they went and did like you know they were small tours. They weren't doing like world tours. Like, I think they did a one show reunion world tour. In, like, yeah, ninety two. Yeah, ninety two or something. Yeah, and they, uh, but they they were like a, a proper band going out. They played you know late night talk shows and actual concerts. Like you could actually go see Spinal Tap. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they stayed in character. Like, it was never Michael McKeon and Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer are touring as Spinal Tap. Like, no, it just was Spinal Tap. Yeah, you'd go to see Spinal Tap. And you know who opened for him sometimes? The Folksmen. The Folksmen, yeah, <laughs> which is also them. It's like their, uh, their folk 
band from a mighty wind yeah they're bluegrass folk band yeah and and i mean and the the two groups could not be more different no no yeah totally different and it's uh it's just awesome that they go and open for themselves with their alter ego other band that they also wrote all the music for yeah and and that stuff is equally as brilliant in its own uh genre yeah like I mean, a mighty wind. I mean, I know we're talking Spinal Tap, but a mighty wind is such a great fucking movie. And Eugene Levy and um, fuck Catherine O'Hara are brilliant in that as well. But like all, I mean, fucking yeah. I remember there were there was an opportunity to see Spinal Tap. I think they were coming to San Francisco once, but it was for their like unplugged and unwigged tour. And for some reason, it just didn't feel right. Like it that was like the one time where it was the actors and they were, and you know, they, they weren't doing all the, the distorted theatrics of everything. You know, it was like a more low key show. And I just, I didn't want that to be my, my live spinal tap experience. Yeah. Was was that the 2019? No, that no. was 2009. I think 2009. Okay. Yeah. Cause they, I think the last time they performed was, was at the Tribeca film festival for the 35th anniversary, but it was like a all acoustic set. You know, they weren't dressed as Spinal Tap. They were just kind of like normal. Oh. And, uh, but they got Elvis Costello to come out and play a song with them. Oh, cool. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So it's a, it's a shame that I never got to experience the proper live Spinal Tap thing. Cause that was something coming out of the movie. Like once you learn that they actually played their instruments and they toured as Spinal Tap, you're like, holy fuck. Like I need to see this. Like it, it's amazing, but we're just going to have to live through YouTube, uh, performances. Yeah. And at least for some of the ones I've seen, like they did all the antics on stage, they would kind of, you know, glide in on wires and, uh, like the, um, I guess we'll get into it more, but like the intro to fricking return, return of spinal tap. Yeah. They, they kind of came out with a new album. They came out with another album and, uh, yeah, break like the wind. Yep. <laughs> Just a great name. Love it. Uh, but like they, they come in, they like, they descend from the ceiling on wires Derek and Nigel's don't go down all the way. Yeah. And, uh, and fucking like you look at it and, uh, Harry Shearer as, as Derek Smalls is, is like hanging there legitimately playing his bass still. He's like yeah. sideways and like halfway upside down and shit. And he's still rocking the shit. Yeah. Same it's thing. With, nuts. Same thing with Christopher Guest, like playing yeah. his guitar. And then like at certain points, you know, I mean, Michael McKeon sitting there just, going off like like it like it's a uh, like it's i mean because nothing went wrong for him but like they're like handing nigel like wire cutters and shit like like he's pretending like he's trying to get out it's reminiscent to the the rock and roll creation one with the pods yeah in uh in this is spinal tap and you know you know maybe they had like a pre-recorded thing playing when they did that but i don't think so because like you could you could hear him like when he'd take his fingers off the strings and stop playing like it would the music would stop and shit like it seemed like it would have been harder to do that and make it look real with something that was pre-recorded than if he was just playing it as best he could are you talking about uh oh okay so you're talking about return of spinal tap because yeah that was one thing that that i that i love in this is spinal tap during the uh during the pod scene with rock and roll creation you can tell that they actually recorded the baseline i don't know if they recorded it live or i mean i i almost think like they would have to because his hand movements are spot on with what's happening on stage in the movie and like, so there, there are times when, you know, he, when he has to take his hand off and the bass and the goes bass out stops. Yeah. yeah. And I, that, that was such a great touch. I, I had to call that out to Angelina because it blows my mind, the attention to detail that somebody would go to for that. Because a lot of, a lot of movies that have music playing, they don't give a shit, you know, if, if the hands match up. And I mean, there, there are a few, like more than a few parts where the drums don't match up and that bothers me because i'm i'm a drummer so i i know what i'm looking for and it, it bothers me when that doesn't uh yeah but they gotta fit. edit it they gotta use different shots and stuff it's very possible some of the you know on stage scenes were from like three different takes and you can't you got to use a single take of the music yeah otherwise it's going to sound choppy though on that note i gotta say like i think the most disappointing thing about rewatching this is spinal tap this time was how fucking choppy some of the songs were because they shortened them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight intro. I'm like, you know, like that's such a fucking bad song. And uh, the cuts they had to do to make it shorter are a little jarring. Yeah, they took out the whole bridge sequence and I think an entire verse. Yeah. 
That, that was one thing I also appreciated about Return of Spinal Tap. Man, they play those songs from beginning to end. Like it is a, it's basically a concert film with little vignettes thrown in. Yeah. And I mean, I remember, like, I didn't know that thing existed. I was walking through Borders Books, Google it, kids. And I was walking through their, their overpriced movie section and I just glance over and I see the fucking Return of Spinal Tap. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it was like 30 bucks, but I had to buy it. I didn't know such a thing existed. And it was such a treat to go back. Like the production value is considerably lower. You know, it, it looks like a TV special. Yeah. It's not film, but it was so much fun to return to those characters. And they talk about their past, what they've been up to in the meantime, and then actually seeing the, the live concert footage, you know, and, and like with the wires, you know, they've got little, little bits and antics. Like the, when they do Stonehenge, they, they cut it. Like there's no, uh, there's no, prop that comes down from the ceiling but they cut in little bits of a giant stonehenge that won't fit through the back door too big to fit through the door and they're trying to cram it through and yeah it's great and like nigel's got a uh a marshall full stack guitar yeah that that, that, like the body of it looks like an amplifier and they're like well if you need to get it louder they like add on another half stack to it i watched it after i rewatched this is spinal tab and i don't remember if they did this in, in this is spinal tab either but i like how they their mic stands had picks on them from like the very top all the way down to the bottom of the stand. You know, it's <laughs> a ridiculous number of picks. Cause like they always have, you know, like a dozen or so picks on there. And it's just, they were just like coated in picks all the way down. What's funny is like, I remember seeing that and you say that and like, I can, I can picture it, but it didn't even jump out at me. That's fucking hilarious. Oh it, yeah. I, it totally jumped out at me. I saw it and was like, <laughs> that is, that is it's such a subtle little gag that they don't bring any attention to whatsoever. Yeah. That you just, if you notice it, it's funny. Yeah, it doesn't have to be there, but it is better because it is. Or like there's that one little quick like shot of like a nurse monitoring Rick Shrimpton's vital signs as he's playing. It's like three seconds long. It just kind of like pans by a nurse standing by him <laughs> because he they're worried about him spontaneously combusting. Yeah, they've, they've, got, <laughs> they've got a poor history with drummers. Yeah. And just like little things like that that are fucking funny. And I, I read too the um as part of the like the promotion for that movie, they did like um public auditions. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were like, Yeah, we're auditioning a new drummer, you know, because Mick Shrimpton blew up. And like they were saying they whoever the guy that replaced him, I don't even know if they named him in this is spinal tip, did they? Yeah. They it just kind of cut to the next shot of him. No, it was uh it was Joe Mama Besser. That's right. But yeah, they, they held uh, like a, you know, promotional or, or like mock tryouts and they got uh, Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addictions and Gina Shock from the Go-Go's and fucking Mick Fleetwood. Uh, yeah, yeah. And didn't didn't he show up like disguised or like with a mask or something? Uh, I, I know he auditioned in a fireproof suit because he was worried about uh, exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess he actually did play as Spinal Tap's drummer on like a VH1 special. Oh, cool. I would totally audition for that shit. Yeah, yeah, because fucking Rick Parnell is a pretty badass drummer. He's pretty good. Yeah. Watching Return of Spinal Tap, like, he's walking around on crutches, like, with a broken leg, but I don't see how he would play, like, the 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 bass drum with the cast that he had on. Do you think he'd just throw it on real quick when they, like, stood up to get off stage? I Yeah, probably. Yeah, like, I'm I'm really confused by that whole thing. How many times have you seen this movie, John, do you think? This is Spinal Tap? Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say because, you know, you think about the movies that you've watched over and over again throughout your life, and you're like, oh, man, I've seen this one hundreds of times. But, I mean, even with a movie like Superman or like Back to the Future, which I watch all the time, you know, or which I have watched all the time throughout my life, it's probably not even like a hundred yeah, a hundred's a lot of times to watch yeah. a movie. Yeah, that's that's a lot of hours. So I don't know. I mean, I've seen this movie more than a lot of movies. So I, I don't know, twenty five times. Yeah, that's I've probably seen it like maybe fifteen. I was thinking. Yeah, and but it's been a while. I don't think I've seen it in like five or six years. Oh, geez. Yeah, and uh, and I found I found myself most of the time laughing like right before the actual joke came. <laughs> <laughs> just because like my brain would be like oh yeah i know it's coming <laughs> yeah and I, i'm finding that funny before it even happens which was probably but i don't know if my wife would have noticed that or thought it was weird because it was the first time she'd ever seen it when we watched it did she laugh 
She did. She laughed quite a few times. I was uh, I was glad because I was worried she was going to be like, this is dumb. Yeah, man. Like I tried to watch it once uh, a couple of years ago with Angela. And then, you know, this time around, I was like, well, I'm watching it. You know, you should watch it with me. And she laughed one time. When did she laugh? At what part? I'm trying to fucking remember and I can't. I'm so bummed. Oh, man. Yeah. I laughed the absolute hardest uh, and usually do uh, when the tiny model of Stonehenge starts coming down. Yeah. And just seeing freaking David St. Hubbins fucking like slack jawed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> staring at it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy. And going back to rock and roll creation, like that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because again, the brilliance of, of the bass and like they're sitting there like you know, knocking on it with fucking sledgehammers and like they pull out a blowtorch yeah. at some point, like the rest of the band is just going with it. And then like it finally opens up after they've gotten into their pods, then shuts on his arm. Like that was such a, a hilarious scene for me because it, it played out through the entire song. Like that was one of the few songs that they, that they played the entire thing on. And like that, that song is in my opinion, like legitimately great. I fucking love that song. Yeah. I was I was jamming uh jamming on some some uh on the drums earlier with some spinal tap just getting in the mood before recording and I I threw that song on and it like it fucking jazzes me up. Like like when it when it goes into that chorus like it it just it fires you up. It gets you going. Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite song is probably Big Bottom. Yeah. I just it's uh, I love all the, uh, it's just, it is a song of innuendo about big butts and having sex. Well, <laughs> and, and it's, and it's all, I love it. it. It's all bass. Yeah. They're all three of them are playing the bass. And then Derek Smalls has a double neck bass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sang that song, uh, karaoke one time I was hammered off my ass. Like, like I usually was back in the day when, uh, when Kyle and I would sing karaoke and I just like got right up in the face of the of this big girl there it was like oh, i was boy. singing it to her <laughs> oh she loved it oh well, that's good <laughs> that could have been a little dicey there John. oh geez man I, well i didn't i didn't have uh i didn't have very good uh good common sense back then i've sung big bottom to my wife a number of times <laughs> most of the lines are pretty flattering yeah. You know, uh, the only one that I think that, that, that is probably less flattering is uh, talking about mud flaps. My girl's got them. Yeah. He's referring to <laughs> mud flaps is not the most endearing term, but yeah. <laughs> but like, I, and I don't think Angelina really listened to the lyrics. And then later on, I was just sort of like quoting it. I don't, I don't remember if I was singing or not, but, but just saying like, my baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. Yeah. I want to sink, sink her with, with my, my pink, pink torpedo. torpedo. Like, <laughs> she just sort of like got this disgusted look on her face. <laughs> like, no, it's great. I remember years ago we were talking about uh, about you know just for fun starting a starting up a, a butt rock band. Or yeah. I think I think it was probably for when we were talking about Zombie House Party. Yes, so yeah, totally. We we were gonna write this uh, write these songs for this butt rock band called Forbidden Fruit, and I remember. I remember just like trying to channel the the spinal tap innuendo energy and like I remember having some line about like like put my stick of butter in your love muffin or something like that. I'm like <laughs> oh. it's just it's uh, I I love having license to go super cheesy and sometimes gross. Yeah, oh absolutely. I I love that shit. Well and and we were kind of talking earlier about how spinal tap was I guess, it, I mean, they were influential, but, uh, like the, the big bottom thing reminds me of, um, back in 2007, they played, uh, a concert, uh, for like a, it was like a climate change awareness concert called live earth. Mm -hmm. And it had like 22 other bands. There was a whole bunch of big groups there. And when they played big bottom, it, like they all three played the bass, but then they also got, uh, what they called every bass player in the known universe to come out. <laughs> and so they got, uh, they had Nate Mendel from Foo Fighters and Robert Trujillo, Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield from Metallica came out. The, uh, some dude from a band called block party. I've never heard of Uh freaking MCA from the beastie boys came out. Yeah. And, uh, they all played the bass <laughs> <laughs> on the song. And, and like, that means that all those people knew the song. 
Like, and they're all accomplished bassists. Well, not all of them, but they're all accomplished mu- musicians. So it's not a super complicated bass line. No. But uh, the fact that they either knew it or were like, fuck yeah, I want to play with Spinal Tap uh, from, you know, big groups like that is uh, huge. Well, yeah. And fucking Spinal Tap that just started as this fictitious band in a in a uh, mockumentary in the early 80s, like grew into such a huge thing. Like Spinal Tap played at the fucking Freddie Mercury tribute yeah. concert at, at Wembley in 92. Like that's insane that, that spinal tap was at such a huge event like that. Well, yeah, cause they, they are highly respected in both like the, you know, rock and roll heavy metal community for their music. Cause it's legitimately good. And like the improv comedy community, because these guys are fucking comedy geniuses and you know, like they are well-regarded spinal tap as a band and, those dudes as a group of comedians. Yeah. And they've had influence, like, like you were saying on metal and on freaking improv comedy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, without, without stuff like spinal tap that grew into like the Christopher guest, um, uh, line of movie milieu (laughs) the christopher guestoverse. Yeah. You know, like he, he went on to establish this whole style as like, something that is that is legitimate like it's it's a genre of its own but then you you also have stuff like like fucking like the office and like parks and rec that are that are documentary style um you've got like curb your enthusiasm they're very similarly they don't have a set script a lot of it is improv but you know they bring in all those brilliant performers what is that uh jb smooth is that is that his name jb smooth yeah yeah that that guy in curb your enthusiasm is so brilliant like and and like he was also in the uh the at least the most recent spider-man movie and he's fucking hilarious like his delivery is spot on well, yeah and, and without these guys coming out with, you know pretty much with spinal tap and saying like look how good this can be mm-hmm. if you got talented people hamming it up and uh you don't need a script uh, i don't know if i mean someone else maybe would have done it or they would have done it later but uh spinal tap did it first so yeah they they blazed Fuck the yeah. trail yeah. And, and, and supposedly like it was a pretty accurate depiction of like road life in a rock band, like both the edge and sting have like said like, yeah, like that's legit. That's what it's like. And, and supposedly sting can't watch Spi- this is spinal tap without crying. Yeah. I, 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 I saw two <laughs> different interviews with Rob Reiner where he told like, he told the same stories almost verbatim. It was kind of weird. Like the second time I watched He's it. He's probably told those stories like a hundred <laughs> yeah. fucking times, man. Everyone's going to ask him about Spinal Tap. Yeah, he, he was saying that, that Sting told him that, that when he's watching, he, he never knows whether to laugh or cry. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so, it's so legitimate. You know, it's something that exists that I didn't know until like an hour before I came out here. No. I know. How would you? That'd be weird. Yeah, I may not know it exists right now. In 2018... There was a Spinal Tap comic book. Really? Yes. That apparently, uh, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't find a digital version of it. So I, I don't know what it looks like. I think I saw like one screenshot or two screenshots of the art, which was, it was kind of weird. I think it was black and white too. But apparently it, it touches both on, <clears throat> it touches both on the characters in, uh, in the movie and sort of like follows the same, like, like, I don't know if it's just filler in their story. But it also uh, talks about the actors and the performers themselves. So I don't know. It was produced by Acme Inc. So I don't. I don't know. Is it like a story with the characters, or is it like a like a making of the movie, but in a comic book? Like what is it? I'm confused. Here. It sounds like it's both. Oh, that's and bizarre. it is confusing. Yeah, I mean, it's on the way. <laughs> yeah, I will be able to report back. Well, good. I, I, w- I will have a Spinal Tap comic book. Is it just one book? Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a single one shot. I mean, like I said, I've never even heard of Acme Inc. So I don't, I don't know what they do or, you know, the, the cover didn't look spectacular, but I mean, I guess they gave them the rights to do it. Presumably. Yeah. Whatever. Well, what do you say? You want to take a break? I have like a couple notes, but I have no idea where they would fall in. Yeah. (laughs) Like the only thing I didn't talk about when that we were going over like their concerts and shit was that they played four shows in 24 hours from one side of Canada to the other. Oh shit. It's pretty rad. <laughs> like that's fucking intense. And they opened for themselves on that tour. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I don't know how, that, I don't know how you do that. 
And then, yeah, I just have notes like umlauts, because I love that they put the umlauts over the N, because that's not a thing. Oh, shit. I never even noticed that. Yeah. 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 It's got umlauts over the N. <laughs> like, so if you wanted to type out Spinal Tap correctly, you can't, because that character doesn't exist. Like, another thing that Rob Reiner would talk about is when they first made the movie, like, people didn't know that this wasn't technically a real band. So like they'd question, they'd question why he's making a documentary about a band that nobody's heard about and that isn't very good. And so that made me think about the first time I saw it when I, uh, when I was hanging out at Kyle's place, our buddy Kyle, who's been on the show a couple of times, um, he showed me that movie. I'd never heard of it. And I remember watching it and just being like, holy shit, like, this is great. But like, I, I totally bought into the fact that it was a real band and it was just a hilarious documentary about the the failure of a band but like i remember looking at uh at michael mckeon's uh david st hubbins and just being like that guy looks familiar (laughs) like what's going on here but i mean clearly this is you know they they were they were so uh genuine with everything and they they didn't split they didn't break like their accents didn't falter um, I think it was when I saw Fran Drescher yeah. that, that it clicked. That same thing with Annie. Like she, 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 she was totally sold on the fact that these, that this was a real band until she saw Fran Drescher. And she was like, wait a minute, isn't that Fran Drescher? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. And that's Billy Crystal. Yeah. That's Rob Reiner. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's, that, that was where Angelina started to catch it too. Cause yeah, it was, it was because Billy Crystal's right after that. And she's like, wait a minute, that's Billy Crystal. And I was like, yeah. And that blonde guy is Dana Carvey. She's yeah. like, what? Yep. So, and then, and then you start recognizing faces throughout the movie, you know, Fred Willard's in it and, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Howard Hessman, the guy from head of the class in Cincinnati WKRP. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, what's his name? Uh, the fucking dude from David Letterman's band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? I had the same problem. The other night, I was just like, what the fuck? Why can't I remember his name? And I once again cannot remember it. Like, I, I it came to me, like, that night. Like, I recognized him as soon as the song was like, hey, that's the guy that was in Letterman's band. I cannot yeah. remember his name, though. This is so weird. Why, why am I forgetting it again? David Letterman, uh... I almost don't want to look it up because yeah, I was super brain farting when we were watching the movie and then I just started to, I, I was explaining to Angelina. Oh yeah. You know, he's the head of, uh, of, the, of David Letterman's band. It was a uh, blip and it just came to me out of nowhere. It's not doing it this time though. Nope. I looked it up. <sighs> uh, give me five more seconds. Oh no, the pressure is too, too much. I, I can't. <laughs> it's Paul Schaefer. Oh fuck. Of course it's Paul Schaefer. <laughs> And his Artie Fufkin was so fucking hilarious. Like it, it, it was, it was Kick such a good ass. character. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> I got no timing. Yeah, no timing. No timing. I, I, yeah. I, I here we go. Just like like I said in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to be quoting the movie, but it's not going to be any any good. <laughs> yeah, like it's the movie that makes it brilliant. I could sit here and quote the movie all day long, and it would not be funny. So here I go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, but what about you? The first time you saw it, did you did you know it was fake? I I, I did because someone had told me. So. Oh, see, Kyle purposely didn't tell me. Like, and he was just like watching my reactions, and I'd be like, "Wait a minute, that guy looks familiar." He's just like, "I don't know." I, 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 that was such a good first experience watching uh, watching this as Spinal Tap. Yeah, Fran Drescher gives it away though, because it's that's clearly her, and her voice is. Uh, even if you were watching it with your eyes closed, you'd be like, "Yep, that's Fran Drescher. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who that is." Now, why is she saying her name is Bobby Fleckman? Because <laughs> yeah. that is Fran Drescher. And apparently, I, I I read a little snippet somewhere that in like season five of The Nanny, she reprised her role as Bobby Fleckman. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. They, they had her in the show, and 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 like Fran Drescher, or I mean, I guess her her nanny character impersonated Bobby Fleckman as well because she thought Bobby Fleckman was trying to hit on that British dude she worked for. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. a neat callback. Yeah. That could be your favorite use in pop culture. <laughs> Bobby Fleckman. <laughs> oh, you know, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the movie's just got a lot of those little small things in it that uh, that I love. That, that, you know, like I've got notes on them, but like there's no way to bring it up. Like the the makeup that Nigel puts on his butt chin. Yeah. Every time he makes it up. 
And then like this, the, when I saw like the, the actual smell, the glove cover that came out, I was like, ah, I wonder if that's where Metallica got the idea. No shit. Yeah. Cause it is just a black cover, just a black cover. How much more black can you get? The answer is none, none, <laughs> none more black. <laughs> oh, so break time. Yeah, let's do it. We're a podcast about two parents and their kid going on a quest for good shows. No, we're a podcast about two parents who are trapped in their own living room and we have to endure time and space. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rich. I'm Natalie. And this is Not Suitable for Adults. Take 30 or 40 minutes out of your day to listen to us speak calmly and wisely to you about the best and the worst of kids' TV shows today. And movies. And movies. So join us as we sit in our living room and talk about the things we don't want to watch. And some things we do want to watch. Yeah, it's not all bad. Some of it's good. Some of it. Bye. Bye. And we're back. And I'd like to welcome you to being back. I feel incredibly welcomed. <laughs> um, okay. So, as we do, want to get into a little structure? Yeah. I hear that's good for kids. <laughs> Especially these trying times. Um, so, with uh, first impressions, Ben, do you recall your first encounter with Spinal Tap? Uh, vaguely. Um, I, I believe it was, uh, it was back at the Casabella house. I think it was the first time I ever saw Spinal Tap. Oh, no shit. So like 2004? Yeah. Or, the first time I ever saw This is Spinal Tap. Yes. And I'm, I'm nearly certain that, uh, you were the one that told me to watch it. I would not be surprised by that. I was singing its praises for, for a while. Yeah. So, um... But I had heard, you know, that it was a mockumentary and it was really funny and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and so um, I, I knew going in full well that it wasn't real, but uh, I still enjoyed it and it was still really funny and the music was still good. So hoorah. Yeah, there it is. Uh, my first impression goes back a bit. Back to good old 1992. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, when we were little kids, we watched a uh, a show that was great back then called The Simpsons. A, li a little known show. Yeah, yeah, you you may have heard of it. Um, and in uh, in what would that have been like season four or five? I don't know. Not like it matters. Before it got shitty. Yeah, yeah. Back in its heyday, like th those were the fucking brilliant seasons. Like three to seven. Those are such gems. I'll, I'll still go back and watch those and laugh my balls off. Um, but there was an episode called Otto's Show, I yeah. believe, where, uh, where Barton Milhouse, I haven't, I haven't seen this episode in years. I need to go and watch it again. They're all excited because their favorite band, Spinal Tap, is coming to town. And I think Otto gets all stoned at the show and, you know, hilarity ensues. I know they played, uh, they played Break Like the Wind in the episode because i remember the ambiance uh, you know with, with like the we are the blah 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 you know it wasn't one of their it, like they didn't do tonight i'm gonna rock you tonight or certainly not sex farm <laughs> that would be a little much for the simpsons i think yeah i mean they could probably get away with it these days in a post family guy world um but i remember the band for whatever reason the name stuck out in my head and then you know fast forward years later to when i saw the uh the movie this is spinal tap and it didn't it didn't register immediately but then i i remember having like a having a moment when it when it all hit me and it was just like oh fuck like this all makes sense now like harry shearer having the ties to simpsons and yeah. like like what a brilliant little uh tidbit for them to to get spinal tap in on simpsons right when they were doing all their reunion shit and I went back and watched it again, and I I just love that scene so much. I think uh, I don't remember much of it right now. Well, yeah, like didn't they have like a giant inflatable devil or something? Yeah, they well they they had um they had their big skull that would that would go on. They've used that in their live shows too. Yeah. They call Jim. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the whole place catches on fire. 
in the episode. Yeah, it's just a, a horrible catastrophe as any performance by Spinal Tap should be. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was actually going to be my favorite use in pop culture. Oh, Jerk. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a solid guest spot by uh, Spinal Tap on, uh, on The Simpsons. You already talked about it. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, that was a good one. I liked it. <laughs> I think that's the, what, 40th episode in a row that you've used that, that expression. Uh, um, we need to talk about stuff that I don't like. And so I guess for my favorite use in pop culture, you know, I, I had a hard time with this one because like so many other things, you know, like they just kind of are pop culture. Like I know Nigel has done commercials for, uh, for Marshall. I think he even did like some car commercials, but you know, that, that stuff doesn't outshine what they've done with their movies. And, uh, so I guess my favorite use in pop culture is, is more of a general, um, group of things, you know, like one thing that I love that we touched on earlier is how they stay in character. So that includes when they go on talk shows, I've gone down the rabbit hole on YouTube of like appearances on Letterman or the tonight show. And they are always fucking hilarious. They're always in character. And like that, that's what I, that's what I love outside of the movies is that they still stayed relevant and still stayed in the public consciousness to whatever degree they could by going on as those characters. Uh, yeah. And they were really committed to it. Like every time they went on a show, like they went on as spinal tap and they did not, I can't remember seeing any interviews, especially around the time of the movie and or the resurgence in the early nineties or any of that, where they went on a show like as spinal tap and then broke character. And like uh, David St. Hubbins started talking as Michael McKeon. Yeah. Never and, did. Like it was just, it was always in character. And conversely, like you never, well, I, I won't say never because that it's probably not true, but you didn't have the three of them going on as actors talking about spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good commitment to character, and uh, those characters are fucking hilarious. So, the, the, I, I would love to interview Spinal Tap. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to interview Christopher Guest and Michael McKeon and Harry Shearer too. But <laughs> <laughs> it would be rad to interview Spinal Tap. Yeah, it would be a bummer because the whole time you'd just want them to get into character as Spinal Tap, and you'd be an asshole if you asked them to. I, I don't have a problem being an asshole. <laughs> oh, boy. We're just blowing right through structure. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, fuck, that went quick. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we are seriously like seven minutes in. Uh, we've never had this problem before. I swear. This doesn't usually happen to me. <laughs> kind of blew our load a little early there we, huh? we really did <laughs> because it doesn't help that that my favorite use in pop culture was also your first impression but, yeah uh, what are you gonna do that's what it is yep well uncharacteristically for us we certainly just blew through structure real quick um so what do you say you want to go to a one word review yeah i guess we should we should be better improvisers <laughs> yeah yeah christopher guest we are not yeah, all I got left on my list of notes is uh, like a list of hilarious quotes, and just listing quotes does not seem like entertaining radio. <laughs> radio. Podcasting, I yeah. guess. Uh, just doesn't sound right. It's not entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So do you have a one-word review? Um, you know, I've been trying to come up with one because I know what I want to say, but the English language is failing me. Oh, no. I'm trying to figure one word. There, I, there has to be a word for this in the English language, and uh, I just can't seem to find it. Boy. Uh, so uh, give me one more second to see if this word exists. If not, uh, I'm going to uh, improvise. Well, I'll go ahead then. I'll give you a few moments, and I'll, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. I decided I'm going to hyphenate two words. I think we've done that before. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we have. We play fast and loose around here. Yeah, exactly. Who, who's who's the authority on this? Who's going to come at me? Um, I dare you. Uh, email me or email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com if you're a real English nut and you're angry at me over this. Um, but I'm going to hyphenate the words shit sandwich. 
<laughs> Which I know sounds negative. It it absolutely sounds negative, but but try a shit sandwich, you know. Don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty tasty. <laughs> Throw some Velveeta on there. Um, no, it, that uh, that scene for the people who've seen this is Spinal Tap. That scene and that moment is that was probably the one part in the movie that made me laugh more than anything else. And it's it's a nothing. It's a throwaway line, but the uh, the line itself and then their reaction to it just tickled me to death and i think that uh encapsulates why i love spinal tap so much because it's just one little moment that makes you crack up like nothing else and that move the the movie this is spinal tap is full of those so shit sandwich is uh is my technical one one word review and it's a play on uh on their album title which was shark sandwich which I, I, for years, I've wanted to start a Spinal Tap cover band and call it Shark Sandwich. And like, I would love to go play bars and shit because there would be two people there. There are two types of people, I guess. There would be the people who get it and fucking love you for doing it. <laughs> like, even if you, I mean, even if you didn't go full tribute and, you know, try to get in character or anything, like people that love Spinal Tap would love the shit out of that. And the people who don't know what it is just wouldn't get it and they don't matter. It's the same reason why, why I always have a Rocketeer print when I do a comic convention. Because the people who love Rocketeer love seeing that because there isn't enough Rocketeer around. And the, other pe- the people who don't love Rocketeer just doesn't matter. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, everyone that isn't in on it would be like, who the fuck are these guys and why do they have armadillos in their pants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why are they singing about a sex farm or a hellhole or Christmas with the devil? Oh, I love Christmas with the devil. It's so good. It's <laughs> one of my top 10 Christmas songs. I mean, I, I guess that would also be an easy, you know, favorite use in pop culture is the albums. Yeah, be- that's true. Those are solid. Yeah. They've, they've got three of them, and uh, Google Play doesn't have the third one. It doesn't. It's such a bummer. And uh, I have not been able to find it anywhere. And I, I, like, I just realized it was a thing recently, and uh, so I haven't heard it. But I, I guess it's mostly re-records of the original songs. So not too much new on there, but it does have some stuff like that they wrote but never recorded. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to hear that. It, I'm, I'm sort of torn on the idea. I mean, I want to hear it, of course, but... I'm so used to the original, like tonight I'm going to rock you tonight, that I don't know if a re-record could live up to it. There's there's been a few songs like uh, that fucking "Love Is Like Oxygen" by by Sweet, I think uh, did it, and like the, there's a few different versions of it, and all of the all of the ones that came after the original don't sound right. You know, they're too polished, and they, they it just sounds weird. It sounds like a weird cover of it. Yeah, I'm, for this, that's the same reason that I'm not really too into like live performances of things I really love. Mm-hmm. Like I hate when the live version of a song I love comes on the radio and I'm like trying to sing along, but like it's slightly different. Yeah, <laughs> so I can't. Like I'm slightly off because they changed it a bit, and it's like, yeah, motherfuckers, I want I want to jam out to the the one I'm trying to jam out to. Yeah, like Queen would switch things up a little bit here and there, or even just like like not play it totally di- like Steve Miller goes ahead and like does yeah. a reggae version of, of the Joker. you like, what the fuck is this even uh, wh- what's going on? I don't, I don't understand this, which is cool that it exists and it'd be cool. Like in concert, like if you were there watching it, be like, Oh, that's neat. But like, you know, when you're just driving around trying to sing along to the radio, it totally fucks you up. Yeah. That's what I liked about the Eagles is that they, they made a point to reproduce the songs as much like the record as possible, because that that's what people wanted to hear. They thought they did do that one acoustic hotel, California, um, with like hand drums instead of an actual drum set. But yeah, but the, the, the measure of it is pretty the same. Yeah. It's like, you can still sing along to it. It's not like they changed the, the, the melody or changed the the measure of how they're singing it yeah so you can still follow along um yeah so one word review huh so the word that i picked is uh nothing because it doesn't fucking exist apparently you can make it up like the closest word i could find was uh onera taxia 
Fuck. Which is like a condition, which is like, this is a shitty word. That's not what I want to do. Or like schizophrenic, but they're like, that has, that's not the right word either. <laughs> I was looking for a word in the English language for like the mixing or melding of fantasy and reality, because that's what Spinal Tap does so well. Because like Spinal Tap, for all intents and purposes, is a real band. Yeah. Like the their history and the antics that go down in the movie are all fictitious. But uh, Spinal Tap is a band. It is those guys writing and playing that music legitimately. It is a real band, but it's not a real band. You know, it's kind of a, a contradiction or a, you know, oxymoron of some kind. And so uh, it's one of the things that helps sell it so well when you watch the movies or any appearance of them on TV is that uh, they are a band and they do seem like they know each other. Like the fucking the brotherly chemistry that Nigel and David seem to have because they both in their minds have the same image of their childhood. So they're able to kind of talk about it and have, and they know the characters so well that they're really fucking believable. Yeah. They inhabited the role. Yeah, they are. And they are those characters. That's the thing I like the most about spinal type is that it is just a perfect meld of fiction and fact. I like that. And so they're able to, they're like, and like I said, I'd love to go see Spinal Tap and I'd be, I'd be there to see Derek Smalls and David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be there to see the, uh, the actual actors though. Uh, I would also go see those actors do something too. Cause they're fucking great. Yeah. If they, if they came to like, you know, Memorial Auditorium and, and I could get a decent ticket, then yeah, of course I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it down, especially not at this point. I think when I was, when I was younger and I heard that they would tour as spinal tap, I had it in my head that one day I was going to see tap. And you know, when it, when it was like the, the unplugged and unwigged, like it, it was just sort of a letdown. I felt deflated by it. Yeah. Yeah. It still would have been cool though. And, uh, those guys aren't getting any younger. No, they certainly aren't. You, know, you see them now and you're like, wow, they're fucking old. Yeah. I, they, like it is, it's not going to be too long in the future where we're not going to have those guys anymore. And uh, so, yeah, if I got a chance to go fucking check them out, I absolutely would. Let's look into it. Maybe they're, uh, maybe they're coming by at some point. They just got to make it to the 40th anniversary, maybe? Yeah. And we're not far off. It'll be, oh shit, no, it was 84 when it was released, wasn't it? Like they, didn't they film it in 82? Yeah, they filmed it in 82. It was 84 when it came out. So yes, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, maybe uh, in two, in 2024, they'll do something cool. Who knows? We'll have to make sure we're there. Maybe by that point, we'll, uh, the, the Geek Exploration Empire can send us there. Yeah, maybe by then we'll have enough clout that we could just uh, talk them into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play the drums. You can learn keyboards real quick. Yeah, that'd be cool. We could just become Spinal Tap. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> I don't mean, think I have the chops for that. I gotta say, can can, can you think of a uh, of a? Well, I'm sure there are better and worse things, but I could imagine Spinal Tap letting Shark Sandwich open for them. Yeah, totally. A, a Spinal Tap cover band opening for Spinal Tap. We could also learn some folksman tunes. Yeah, why not? I've always I've always wanted to learn the upright bass. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us as we came uh live direct from hell folks if you want to let us know how we did today you can hit us up at uh email at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com i always feel like i'm saying email too many times <laughs> like i feel like one of these <laughs> days I'm, I'm gonna say email at email, email at email, email <laughs> at geeksplorationpodcast.com <laughs> Um, you can hit us up on the social medias, the Facebook group, Geek Exploration, the podcast, uh, Instagram, Geek Exploration podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore pod. And if you enjoyed today's show, please go on uh, Podchaser or Apple podcast and give us an 11 star review. We've, we've still got uh, some t-shirts and stuff available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. Boy, that was that hard time with that. I'm I'm currently wearing one of our T-shirts, one, yes. of the, one of the tri-blend ones, and it is it's uh I I know the the company that makes these shirts, or I mean the uh 
the t-shirt itself before the screen printing next level. They are super comfy and they fit nice. I've got a couple of them just blank shirts at home because I like them. Yeah, so if you want to be comfy and look nice, go buy you a Geeksploration the Podcast t-shirt. Yeah. And as always, our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not really widely reported.